Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 431, and today we'll be talking about what do you want to be from Bee and Puppycat. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So these three episodes have just gotten better and better. I really liked this one. Which is great, because it's the slowest and most um laid back of the of the starting three we take a lot of time just contemplating various things like what do we want to be when we grow up right <laughs> deckard thinks about it uh puppy cat asks b about it and we also just spend a lot of time sort of just watching things happen watching a man sit on a toilet planet watching <laughs> perfect donuts get <laughs> made you know, when he just, you know, it was obvious that he had to go to the bathroom, so I have to go do some business at the other planet. I was not expecting the planet to be a giant toilet. That was... <laughs> that was a great cutaway. <laughs> that was beautiful. It's the right type of joke, too, because he says he has to go do some business, and then they talk for a while, and then it cuts to him flying off to the toilet planet <laughs> without anyone pointing it out, so it's nice. Ah. <laughs> uh. Poor puppy cat gets trapped in a token machine for the bulk of this. <laughs> but with no real consequence, because although he gets stuck in an arcade with, you know, an imminent threat of drowning, he just relaxes himself once the token machine fills up with enough water that he's uh, in a cash money bath, <laughs> which makes him just just relaxed enough to slip out. And then I liked how the fish started schooling after him after that. <laughs> yeah, that's classic B and Puppy Cat humor. Like they never relent on <laughs> Puppy Cat being just annoyed with his surroundings in one way or another. <laughs> I I want to know how are we? Get, why is that place not a swimming pool if it's holding water that well? Yeah. Also, where was all that rain coming from? There there is some serious precipitation on this island. <laughs> yeah. Well, the island is weird. The arcade is a strange place. I, I saw that they had, like, a living train. I I only saw a glimpse of it, and I did not rewind, but, yeah. Yeah, and is there a lesson to be learned from all these arcade machines, as Deckard points out? Who knows? Um, I'm realizing we don't have a great way to summarize these BM Puppy Cat episodes, but... Uh, no, if I no, had to they're attempt very it, hard to summarize. Right, if you're, if you're listening to this just because you like listening to podcasts, uh, you know, this episode roughly consists of be having a birthday and going to the arcade that her dad once built to uh, celebrate it. She says that she does it to keep up her memories. And um, Puppy Cat is apparently really excited to play games. So he gets stuck in a, a token converter. And then B, instead of using the uh, envelope system to transport her and Puppy Cat so that he'll get unstuck and then they can go do some job with Tempbot, she accidentally transport Deckard and. Uh, they go off to some donut planet, which who knows why this donut planet exists or why it's involved with witch crystals, but uh, all of it goes down and they, of course, run into some trouble. So B somehow gets hurt. Also turns out she's definitely a robot, which explains her lack of aging and a whole bunch of weird things we'll talk about that happen in this episode. Like her ability <laughs> to punch fires out. Yep. And uh, then I guess it ends with Deckard. Going off to culinary school because he realizes he can't do it. And also he gets infused with the wish crystal question mark. And uh, being a puppy cat chat about 
well, honestly, just small talk that they hadn't really had before. Uh, while B gets uh, mysteriously repaired by, question mark, her father, <laughs> in, who lives inside a machine. So, um, yeah, with that summary, oh god, there's only about a hundred directions we need to go to talk about analysis, writing decisions, everything. <laughs> but Well, as for big ticket stuff, I know you're much more the soundtrack guy than I am, but in that scene on the on the donut world uh the when the hands the black hands were attacking uh the the music kicked in so that i could hear it real good i loved that song uh-huh. very beautiful for that scene and just the way b's arm comes out all mangled and showing her robotic circuitry and how she her even face is set in a much more robotic it looks like a combat mode activated face almost yeah, she does have some sort of self-defense failsafe, and uh, I love the visual of the ribbons, too. The Of course, this show is very purposefully cutesy, and so the way that they depict her being hurt, right, and having, you know, her robotics are even this, you know, magical sort of thing. Yeah, wonderful and rainbow-colored. Yeah, and there's these little living things inside of her and things with faces and so i i love the just visual of her battle damage actually makes her more interesting looking overall you know Mimo learned the hard way and so did the hands yeah there's um a lot to consider it's also i appreciate that deckard does freak out a lot while he's transporting <laughs> with her to this mystery land but he uh are we dead? <laughs> he also comes to accept what's happening very quickly. This does give us context, though, that, like, everyone on the island doesn't expect all this weird stuff to happen, right? Like, he kind of processes Puppy Cat as this thing that is just talking gibberish at him. <laughs> and Puppy Cat is just sitting in the trash can, cussing him out in space Korean. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And also... You know, is indignant that he is a big ass man. <laughs> and, you know, I saw somebody selling a shirt on Etsy with that. They were they had it on the Bee and Puppy Cat subreddit. It's like, yeah. I kind of want this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Puppy Cat's trying to defend his uh, identity, it's <laughs> always the perfect joke. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, that poor guy on the baking planet. At first, you really feel for him. It's like, you seem really good at your job. Why does your boss hate you so much? And then it's like, oh, maybe his boss has a point if uh, Deckard and B are able to come in and make perfect donuts without even trying. Well, Deckard doesn't make perfect donuts. He does make donuts. Some of them catch yeah. on fire. That is an amazing skill. Uh, well, honestly, survivalist skill, it's very important. If you can find any flower lying around on a deserted island, he's got a, you know, <laughs> a yep. smokestack he's ready to build. It just reminds me of in uh, Dawn Gate, if you had the Zeri announcer, one of the congratulations she'll give for your team is, oh, hey, you know, congratulations on getting that ace or whatever. You know, I'd make you a victory meal, but I could burn water. No, seriously, I've done it. <laughs> And I mean, I guess her skill is in painting, not in cooking, so. It's pretty mysterious why B is so uh, great at assembling these wish donuts, because as she, you know, says herself, she's not really great at anything. <laughs> so this is a new situation for her. But, you know, the wish 
pipeline overall doesn't really have any sense to it. Like, why is this demanding, you know, asshole basically trying to push Molly to produce these donuts and send them off into a void? And further, what are the hands coming after? Like, the hands aren't coming for the wishes, but they also, there is no puppy cat. So what's happening? Yeah, I thought the hands were after Puppy Cat. I was very interested to see them attack B this time. And they did. They threw Deckard away. And they were interested in Puppy Cat and the person she was trying to save. Yeah, so there's a lot going on there. Uh, it was very depressing, though, with the whole, oh, I'm not even sure anything bad's going to happen to me. Then we see how mangled her arm comes out. Yeah. I think something bad happened to him. Uh, we'll find out. I know things. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, GC, okay. I know that you want to know things. Uh, hopefully this isn't a spoiler to anyone. I mean, this show's not evil. Well, it's a little evil sometimes. But we'll see him again. We'll see him again. Okay, He'll be fine. Good, good. I think her arm got damaged because she was trying so hard to pull him back. So I don't think it was mangled from going into the void. I don't think the void is a damaging force. I think she was just trying okay, really good, hard. Good. Yeah. I like the little hearts activate on her boots when she's activating maximum effort mode. Yeah. Well, and then there's all those mysterious symbols, too, that appear in, in her eyelids. In her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. I said eyelids in her, yeah, actual irises. Are they symbolic? Are they just a choice of things? I don't know. This episode starts off with strawberries and flowers and I, as iconography, and uh, we see those things repeat themselves as part of B's, yeah, repair machine. And then Cardabon and Sticky, of course. Yes. Uh, which, okay, there's a lot to pick apart about Cardamon in this episode. Like, he, uh, well, first of all, poor guy's just trying to collect rent, and B's giving him chocolate uh, coins, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Cardamon. I just love the way he's like, counterfeit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, B, that's deeply illegal, but also this poor child has to collect rent right now. Um. There's so many weird things B says, right? B says that Cardamon and her are at the same you know, age. Share her candy for her birthday, but oh wait, yeah, they also share a birthday. I mean, sure, there's a one in 365 chance that was true anyway, but seems coincidental. <laughs> yep. And uh, also, the they're connected again with the wish donut ending up somehow on Cardamon's doorstep, presumably from the void and not from B bringing it along for any reason that we're aware of. I don't know. B gave him a note. I thought she brought one with her. Okay, because, oh, uh, yeah, that's true. So she somehow ended up in that situation coming away with a donut, uh, which is sweet, but oh, so sad. I would have expected him to devour that donut post-haste. I guess he wants to get his wish granted the right way, though, because he gave one piece to Sticky, and then when he saw it worked, uh, the rest went to Mom, I guess. Well, and th there is a question of how he interpreted it. Like, the note didn't mention that it was a wish crystal or anything, right? So, does he understand how they function? Like, he just saw magic occur, <laughs> you know? I thought it did say that the donut granted wishes, because I was expecting him to go for that right there. But I'm like, it's also a little early in the series for anyone to be waking up, you know? Yeah, it is. Uh, but now we get this weird new thing that's happening, which are the tears, which uh, if you thought the tears were just the way this episode ended, nope, that becomes a major plot point. <laughs> that Cardamon's mom okay. is just leaking these weird 
magic tiers now that have all these strange, well, we'll keep seeing continuously strange things um, <laughs> appearing in them. So I like that. Brings brings Sticky inside so she will not consume any more vermin. And then what happens but a vermin? <laughs> Although that might have been part of the wish. That rat was pretty brightly colored. Yeah. Oh, I love Sticky so much in this one. I also love that Sticky, the way Sticky quote unquote proposes to Puppy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow he has swallowed a ring and coughed it up later. <laughs> At the same time that Puppy Cat's going by. It really makes you question like, is this dog playing dumb or is he <laughs> quite intelligent? Probably neither. Deep research occurring. Yeah, uh, you just keep calling Sticky He. Is Sticky She? That's a good question. Yeah, the wiki says she. Okay. Yes, the wiki says she. Well, there you go. Sticky's a she. Not gonna lie, Sticky's design is pretty... uh, Yeah, does Cardamon say she? I'm terrible at paying attention to dogs. <laughs> the the pronouns applied to dogs. No offense, Sticky. That's okay. I think Sticky's mostly just happy about her brand new socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the official artwork for the rest of the show with the colorful feet. So it's adorable. Oh, very nice. At least the wish donut didn't go to waste, or at least that piece of it. So the the arcade machines are all waterproof too, right? I mean, if B is waterproof, then surely something. As valuable as an arcade machine must be waterproof. Also, it's a leaking ceiling. I figure they'd all be busted by now yeah. if they weren't waterproof. I want to know how often that building is condemned. Because if she goes there every year, like, is it only in the past year that it got in really bad shape? And that's why she's kind of saying, you know, oh, I don't remember it looking this rough. <laughs> or does she just bust through, like, a new set of, you know, wooden planks that have been applied? Maybe maybe every year it just gets worse. It's like at first it was just abandoned and then they put up a sign that says keep out or, you know, maybe they just put up a sign that says condemned and then the keep out signs come up and then they put up like a condemned version of police tape and then they tried barricading it with uh, with, with the wood. I can't wait until they try filling the place in with concrete as if that'll stop her. <laughs> there is... The the arcade also, it looks pretty good, even though it's condemned. The inside doesn't have a lot of environmental damage other than the roof. Like, all the arcade machines look pretty immaculate. So, it's hard to gauge at what point B's dad went wherever he went for whatever reason because uh, B was sick. It does seem like from this episode that somehow in the past, presumably before Deckard was even a little baby, because Deckard has some flashbacks to recalling that B took care of him and B looked exactly like she looks like now mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was a toddler. But sometime before then, B was mostly replaced by robotics to deal with some illness she had by her father. And in the process of turning her into a robot, her dad also, did he miniaturize himself and put himself in a robot healing machine? <laughs> some reason or is this like some weird shadow or ai version of him why would he even die if she was ill were they both ill it could be old age i mean we don't know how long she's been a robot for yeah so there's a lot (laughs) maybe okay so maybe he miniaturized himself because like if you're one one hundredth the size then the time will only hit you one one hundredth as hard that is an amazing theory 
<laughs> that would make sense in this world. But <laughs> yes, that is being puppycat logic that we are applying here. There's only one one hundredth of you to grab the time particles. Yeah, I am not going to lie. When Puppycat walked in and the repair machine was activated and we, we see all the green-blue light and there's little symbols and curly lines floating in the air, I really thought he had just walked in on the bathroom and we were going to get in episode <laughs> three an explanation of what is going on with that toilet. But, <laughs> you know, imagine my disappointment. Unless we had to wait until the Netflix years. Yep. <laughs> so, still didn't discover what that toilet's all about. So. I, I know I know we like to talk about how great the tip job outfits are, but oh. what about Puppy Cat's rain gear today? <laughs> Actually, everyone's rain gear is on point. I love Bee running around with no arms visible in just her little dome thing. But yeah, Puppy Cat. <laughs> it's too easy to make Puppy Cat look cute. <laughs> and then, okay, and then Toast shows up. That that's the way to always describe Toast's appearances in this show. And then Toast shows up. Yeah, so I love that uh, Enid, that's what we have to keep calling Deckard's sister. Uh, Cass. I looked it up. It was Cass. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Cass sort of shouts down the hallway like, hey, Deckard's leaving. And the whole family shows up. For some reason, Toast just decides to attack. <laughs> None of that made sense to me. For one, she she sicks everyone on him and then proceeds to try to like hide him and get him out of there really quick. Because she she wants to be she wants to help solve his problems and she has to help create them. It's a whole cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, makes sense. And then Toast shows up and it's like she's proposing marriage to anyone who can help her get revenge on Cass or something. I don't know what that was. Well, don't take it as a joke. That's the first lesson you should learn about Toast. Uh, <laughs> that has payoff. Um, okay. <laughs> Toast is a very serious about her revenge. Oh, you're truly not prepared for episode four. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Do we get to see some wrestling? A little bit of fisticuffs? Yeah, God, Toast is amazing. I gotta say, though, it, what is sad is, so Deckard was a part of the original, you know, YouTube series, and he's part of these first three episodes, but him going off to uh, culinary school actually does remove him from the majority of the show here. So part of the reason they bring in all the siblings is that's who actually is going to become the main focus of um, of the show, is basically the whole wizard family. Which I don't actually know if they've said their last name yet, but that that's their last name. Yeah. They're not wizards, but the wiki has spoken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um they're they are quite the riot. But uh I really like these moments that we have between uh Deckard and Cass just like talking to each other because it's some of the most genuine conversation that occurs on the show, right? Like most of most of the show consists of everyone talking kind of awkwardly and not quite getting their point across correctly to each other but uh they just have these very cute and honest sibling interactions although not entirely uh, well i mean maybe honest but like there still are misunderstandings right like deckard is calling Cass so strong and Cass is barely holding it you know together right and she she clearly takes her 
personality from others, right? Like she's being defined a little bit by her siblings' expectations of her to be hardened and, you know, sarcastic and strong. Yeah, I was going to say that that seemed like she was opening her heart to him. And it, it's like he's like, you don't have to Cass. <laughs> maybe I'm too stupid to realize what you're doing. Cass. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know which. <laughs> I mean, anyone who could make a donut spontaneously combust like that can't be all right in the head. And now he's even less right in the head or more. What was the impact of a wish crystal somewhat embedding in him slash falling out when he got a big cut in the back of his head? I'm I'm certain there were lots of Rick and Morty, uh, was it season four memes? Ha! Yeah, with, those... With the Akira Tower? Yeah. Sad I missed those. Hey, you know, season six has been a... It's been an alright show. Check it out. Good to hear. Good to hear. Anything we missed about, uh... What do you want to be? Uh, no, my my final parting quote is simply to remember that uh, puppy cat's paws are large and opulent <laughs> and not small and cute. That's my final favorite <laughs> quote. But He's a man, a big star. So is that something? Is, is B translating all of these and I'm just forgetting them? What do you mean? <laughs> like, like, are there subtitles, or am I the only one who can't understand? I'm, I'm like Deckard, and everyone else is B. Or no, well, we can under GC. We can understand what Puppy Cat's saying because we're watching a TV show, and there are subtitles. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if it's meant to be recorded by, uh, if it's meant to be our interpretation. Like, are the words our direct interpretation of Puppy Cat, or are they how? Uh, hmm. B is hearing them. I'm pretty sure it's a direct interpretation because surely at some point in this show we see Puppycat talking without B around. So, all right, I'll have to enable subtitles next time. I usually have subtitles disabled. Yeah. Well, wait, but they do show subtitles. So you're saying maybe sometimes you're missing Puppycat talk all the time. There was I was watching my Blu-ray of Breaking Bad. And there is an episode that starts out where they're speaking nothing but Spanish. And it was not until the episode was completely over that I realized, wait a minute, Blu-rays have subtitle tracks. I could have just turned on the subtitles. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually a funny thing that I've experienced as someone who primarily consumes television with subtitles on is like, you know, sometimes they're is intent to not let you know what characters are saying and some when they're speaking in a foreign language or a gibberish language but sometimes like having the subtitles off or on affect your experience and like in your case you're saying having them off you know messed it up in multiple shows but actually i've experienced it with it on too actually causing like the opposite problems where <laughs> like the moments in which the foreign language is supposed to be translated for you. For instance, I was watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and there's a song in it where it's in French for the majority of it. When you're not <laughs> with subtitles on, you actually see the translated lyrics, which you need to see because they're like hilarious. It's this person pretending <laughs> to be like depressed and somehow if you're depressed in French, that's supposed to be sexy or something. And so that's like the joke of the song. But it, it comes through in the lyrics, but I had the subtitles on and it was just French and the subtitles didn't appear at all. So <laughs> maybe because question mark, the subtitles were for only English. And so the French actually got excluded. So it's super weird. So 
yeah, uh, you know, technology fails us. So we just get unique, you know, experiences <laughs> depending on our device settings. Well, I'll have to look into that and see if the subtitles are the intended experience or not. I kind of like the purity of not knowing what Puppy Cat is saying. But if he's talking about having large, opulent hands, that sounds pretty funny. Yeah. Wait, now I, I feel like I need to watch an episode with subtitles turned off and see how often Puppy Cat just screams in his little <laughs> screams. Because now you're just experiencing it like Deckard. That's really funny. That can't be intentional because he says really important things. All the time. But maybe the joke is, like when you're watching with subtitles, maybe the joke is just for all the irrelevant things he says. You get to see what he's saying. Whereas in the main show, he just is freaking out and you don't don't know. But wow, I didn't even realize that might be the case. Cool. Experiment started. Meet you in episode four. All right. If it's the wrestling episode, I won't miss it for the world. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's it for us on What Do You Want to Be? Join us next week. Until then. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>